Majority of enterprises in Asia-Pacific region are taking to cloud and this throws up several challenges and raises several questions around security. Most important would be to get insights into the experiences of several large enterprises who have made the journey into the cloud. I am Geeta Nandikotkur, Managing Editor, Asia and Middle East with Information Security Media Group. I have with me Jim Rivas, Chief Executive Officer, Cloud Security Alliance, who would be discussing the challenges, opportunities, and solutions to provide assurance in the cloud and most important key security lessons CISOs of the Asia-Pacific region need to learn and how to apply these to their own security strategy. As the keynote speaker at RSA conference Asia-Pacific and Japan in Singapore held between July 22nd to 24th, Jim shares insights on security lessons learned, enterprise adoption of cloud computing. Welcome, Jim. Thank you very much. So how do you see the adoption of cloud security in the Asia-Pacific region as compared to the U.S. and other geographies? Well, in the U.S. and in North America, you see the most aggressive adoption of cloud computing. And uh, certainly, I think that relates to the fact that a lot of the, the leaders in cloud computing are American-based companies. So I think there's a level of comfort from a regulatory compliance perspective. And so you do see in, in APAC and to a lesser degree Europe, they're more conservative about adopting cloud while they look at getting more regional-based infrastructure providers or some of the American companies set up operations in these different countries. So it's moving slower, but it is moving in Asia Pacific. And I think what they will learn as they, they learn more about the adoption of cloud in the U.S. is that, that the tier one providers are actually quite secure. They can invest more in security tools and technologies and people and processes. And that in the long run, it's actually the fact that the legacy IT is going to provide more more of these security concerns because you just can't afford to invest in maintaining legacy equipment. And because cloud is heavily standardized, it provides a simpler security challenge. But it is different. You don't have the same physical access and control, so you have to have more nuanced security programs in order to make that work. In that case, what are the key challenges enterprises face in this region when it comes to managing risk in the cloud? I think one of the top challenges is gaining appropriate awareness level of how much cloud your organization is actually using and what it's being used for because we find that it's pretty universal around the world that central IT and information security won't have 100% visibility into the usage of cloud. And that's because you can procure it in a very decentralized manner and any person in the, in the company with a credit card can go purchase some cloud services. So um, understanding that, that visibility becomes uh, pretty important. Um, secondly, once you do understand clouds being used in your organization, what becomes really important is that you understand what types of tools and strategies and architectures work best from a security perspective. Uh, for example, um, some of the security appliances that maybe you use um, won't be effective because a lot of the activity and traffic happens off-premise outside of your perimeter. And so those solutions don't work. And so you need to look at uh, different types of solutions. And for example, encryption and key management work very well because that can create a, a sort of a virtual control over data and information that's not physically bound inside of a, a corporate perimeter. So it becomes a matter of understanding what types of tools and strategies do work 
Um, and then it becomes very important to understand that um, you need to deal with all of your providers on um, using a lot of vendor management and, um, and knowledge we've gained from supply chain and outsourcing to understand. We, we need to understand how these providers are governed. We need to understand what virtual controls we can, uh, we can put in and what can we also look at implementing from a SLA contractual perspective. So you mentioned a couple of challenges that the practitioners face in terms of cloud security. One could be dealing with the third-party risks, right? And one could be securing applications. So against this backdrop, what are your recommendations for the CISOs? What are the risk factors they need to consider? Well, one, in terms of determining risk, they need to first understand what is the the business um, process objective um, solution that they are uh, pondering putting in the cloud so that they understand the risks associated with that so that it can select the appropriate uh, cloud provider. That becomes pretty important. So once you've done that, then you need to look at well, what type of solution. Is this a software as a service where it's a full business application or am I looking to use infrastructure as a service? Because your security responsibilities will differ in if you are you're applying some of your own technology with a cloud provider or if you're actually procuring a full solution. And then once you do that, what we encourage is to have a very cloud-specific uh, security framework, and we would recommend the CSA Cloud Controls Matrix as being a, a framework that you can use because it does a very good job of actually looking at the different security controls from a provider perspective, from a user perspective, and the things where it's both a shared responsibility. Ultimately, uh, we find that uh, data um, is, a, is a very good way to, to bound a lot of the risk discussions and looking at you know what what are the important regulated types of information that I'm looking to put in the cloud and what specific data controls in terms of DLP in terms of encryption um, things like that what what does the provider support what are the regulations can they provide things that deal with data sovereignty issues like if it needs to be within country those sorts of things so data becomes a good way to to bound the risk discussion and to actually do the appropriate risk assessments you mentioned about the concerns around legacy applications, legacy frameworks. So how do they deal with this? Well, all the major breaches that get reported and that have been reported in the last year or so have really been um, based on legacy IT systems. And when you look at a lot of operating systems that are not even supported by the vendor any longer, that they actually are quite prominent in a lot of different areas. And so we find that cloud is a good way if you can make that transition to more modern systems that you can you can be able to apply a lot of different security controls. If you have legacy IT and it can't be updated with the latest antivirus, for example, or the latest patches, and then you're forced to do perimeter types of security solutions and firewall it off or even physically disconnect. And I think what we've learned in the last dozen years is that perimeter solutions are actually um, pretty trivial to bypass. And so the, it's going to be the Achilles heel for uh, enterprises for the next couple of years. And that's, that's a, I think, a big benefit of moving to cloud. It's, it's a modern system, and so there's a whole range of modern security tools. So what are the key lessons the CISOs from Asia-Pacific region need to learn from their Western counterparts? 
One, gain awareness over how much cloud you're actually using. Two, enhance the skill set of your professionals to actually have more specific cloud usage experience. Make sure that they are in, understand how to spin up virtual machines in a variety of different infrastructure environments. Make sure that they actually know how to use a lot of the popular uh, SaaS applications and understand the security options and controls that are in there. Um, two, create the security framework. Uh, that aligns with your own uh, information security management system. And again, I think our cloud controls matrix and our STAR program are a good starting point there. And then three, look at building more futuristic security programs that actually use cloud. And for example, understand that the elasticity that is associated with cloud computing can be very uh, a very cheap way to mitigate DDoS, for example. And that forensics become very simple if you can image a virtual machine and instantiate a brand new system and continue the business application while you do your forensics with no downtime. So it actually creates a lot of advantages from a security perspective. So start building that future security program that actually takes advantage of cloud as you are learning more about cloud and as you're starting to build that cloud security framework within your enterprise. So what is stopping the practitioners from building a robust security framework in the cloud model? Is it lack of skills or awareness or what else? It's a combination of things, but I believe it's awareness and that there is a lack of skill set inside of enterprises. Um, the top security professionals, it's more interesting for them to actually go to work for security companies or for cloud providers because there's more variety and there's a greater investment there. And so there is a skills gap. And the other area, I think, is, is honestly a lot of the compliance issues and a lot of the regulatory issues that prevents organizations from adopting cloud more readily than they would because the, the regulations were actually promulgated before cloud was even uh, on their radar. And so the, a lot of the regulations you see are not cloud-aware, cloud-friendly. You can get past this if you're knowledgeable about how cloud works and you can talk to regulators about the compensating controls that meet the spirit of the regulations. But yeah, that, that awareness and education and fear of the uh, being out of compliance with regulations, those are the key issues that are stopping people right now. It's certainly not data breaches in the cloud because we're just not seeing a lot of those. So do you think the certificates really matter? The certification really matters? Or is there anything beyond certification, something they need to do? So certifications, both if we're talking about user certifications and provider certifications, are no guarantee of either individual expertise or a company's uh, ability to uh, withstand security attacks on, the, on an individual basis. In an aggregate, they definitely do uh, increase the security baseline, and they are a positive thing. It's what the, the saying of a rising tide lifts all the boats. So they are a good thing in the aggregate for us all to aspire to. And if you're a consumer of cloud, you want your for cloud providers to have a lot of security certifications, both on the individual basis as well as on the provider basis, like the CSA STAR program and ISO 27001. So those things really help. But we do need more, and an area that we work on uh, quite a bit, and we'll be making announcements later this year, have to do with continuous monitoring of governance, risk, and compliance. That becomes really important because you look at a lot of the data breaches and the lessons learned is at some point they had their certification, but then there was a degradation between the different audits in the security program and there were changes made and there's always going to be changes made so we need to do continuous monitoring of the security controls. 
So what are the three to four best practices do you recommend to put up a robust cloud security framework? Well, the security framework we came up with actually has uh, 132 uh, best practices. So I think it would probably be a mistake if I were to just uh, select four. I think that it ultimately becomes really important that you look at this from a governance perspective and do a due diligence on the providers you have in terms of their business practices and their security operations as well. I think uh, from uh, from the enterprise perspective, I think it's very important to understand your business, your data, the uh, the risk appetite you have so that you can match and marry that to the appropriate level of the cloud provider that you have. Um, I think it becomes very important that you have a robust identity management framework so that as you use cloud, you can federate your own identity platform with the providers rather than creating a very complex situation where the your employees' credentials get scattered all over hundreds of different uh, cloud services. Services. I think it's very important to look at solid encryption and key management practices that work with a variety of different cloud providers. And uh, an emerging area is the cloud access security broker, and that's a unique sort of intermediary that helps enforce consistent policies, creates visibility, and maybe opportunistically allows you to encrypt or federate information with a variety of different cloud providers. So definitely take a look at the cloud access security broker space and uh, evaluate those solutions and to see if those can help augment the security capabilities of the providers as well as give you more visibility into the different services that are out there from a security perspective. Thank you, Jim, for sharing your thoughts on the key lessons the CISOs need to learn in with regard to cloud security and also the best practices they need to deploy. All right. Thank you. My pleasure. This is Geetan Nandikotkur from ISMG.